Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast from South Cities Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Learn more at southcities.church. You sounded kind of Western there. Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud. Would that be distracting if I did that kind of accent this entire time? Yes. Well, y'all, we've got ourselves a <laughs> Therefore he does it. handy little podcast today where we're going to be looking at... <laughs> Our congregation's affirmation. All right, all right, all right. Of faith. Before we do that, I thought we'd have a little quiz about modern terms that are popular with Gen Z. Things that perhaps mm. Stacy's kids and my kids and all, you know, kids these days are familiar with. So I want you to identify what part of speech this word is and then define it for me. Use it in a sentence. Mid. Mid? <laughs> Mid. What part of speech is that? And you define it for me. I think it's an adjective. It's an adjective? Mm-hmm. So you think. use it to describe a noun? I think so. And and how would That's you- That's what an adjective is. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, we're back in like fourth grade and I'm teaching y'all. So uh, def, like define mid. Uh, so I'm guessing. Go. Yeah. Totally guessing. Keep going. Now. Not like I would know these things. Right. No. Does it mean like something's like so-so kind of mediocre? Mm. Is that what everybody here thinks? Stacy? is that Yeah, what I'm think? voting yes for that. Okay. That yeah. was so mid. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mid. Mm-hmm. Like Kind of unimpressive. Yeah. Dave's yep. sermon was mid. Oh, like, Dave looks like, like he that. has no idea what this means. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm anticipating that to be the case. You know, right. you get off okay, social media that's, and you lose touch. No, I only yep, know this because accurate. of having that's teen accurate. daughters. Okay. That's accurate. Um, Mine's right. not a teen yet. Not uh, you'll yet. get there. Yeah. No cap or cap. What? No cap or cap. I, I have I, no I idea don't know. on this one. Okay. Any ideas? Part of speech? I don't know. All right, so... It's a uh, it's an interjection, or it could be used as an adjective to say, like, false or true. No cap is it's true, and so how do you know this? Cap is it's so lying. capping means telling a lie. Or yes, something that's like right. That. So okay. uh, hmm. your sermon was really good, Dave. No, no cap. cap. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Like it's true that that's that's what's happening. <laughs> It's, I don't, we've lost a lot of listeners. Do you have another one for us? I hope, I the, do. I hope got, the youth group is listening. I've got like 20 more, but we're not going to do that many. Um, is this our appeal to the younger generation <laughs> no, to listen not. to we're our We're just having fun here. This is painful we're going for them. to need okay. different people on the podcast. It's fine. Listen, if you <laughs> to appeal are, to them, if you're over what the age I'm learning of 18, right just consider this like cultural um, intelligence. Like we're helping you understand a younger generation. Stan. Stan, what part of speech and use it in a it's a it's a verb. You support something. You okay? Yeah. I stan Dave's mm-hmm. preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's I know that one. Yeah. So or I stan uh my favorite music artist. Nope. I haven't you know, heard this. Whatever it might be. Did you just Google I this stand. or what? No, I didn't. Where did the I do know that what, one? What what I would like to know is like where the they, etymology of where it yeah. came from. I don't know where I stan. stan. Stan came like, from is it yeah, just one letter short for okay. stand with sus <laughs> sus that one you know right yeah what does that mm-hmm. mean Dave like suspicious yeah suspect do you know suspect. do you know the etymology or where that came from culturally 
I don't, but that one seems more obvious to just come from the word. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that uh, Among Us or whatever the name of that that uh, like mafia type game is? Oh. When uh, when somebody is the the bad guy. All right, um, bet. <laughs> bet. Use it in a sentence to find it for me. Parts. Bet. Um, thank you. That's proper intonation. It me- <laughs> I mean, I can say that too, but what does it mean, Stacy? <laughs> Can't you infer what it means based on how I said it? No. <laughs> Do you have to snap when you say it like Stacy no, did? No, you don't. You don't have to. Have to snap. <laughs> that, was, that was quite expressive. What do you think it that was. means? It means when you're uh, agreeing with or defending something, like that's true. Yeah, it's 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 yes. It's an interjection of yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like bet. Like you bet. So yeah. should people do that in response to the sermon instead of amen? People should do bet. Bet. <laughs> People, this episode's getting really off the rails. We're just going to do two more. Do All right, two some, more, two hey, more. people, uh, should, one second. People should do something in response to the sermon. Yelling things I don't know what they mean isn't the most helpful, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> That's fair. I could see one of your kids, Stacy, yelling no bet, cap. bet during the sermon. No cap. <laughs> okay. See what I did? Okay. I'm learning. We're going to do, do three more real fast. Chameleon over here. Flex. Flex. Mm. A bull. No, I, I don't <laughs> no, know. just flex. What part of speech <laughs> and sure. what does it mean? Uh, uh, you're. I'm. I'd have to think about the part of speech for a second, but it means that you're doing something to show, show like off. your expertise, or you're showing off. Show off something. like I'm. Oh, I've heard it's like that. Flex. Yeah, sometimes also used as like uh, your expertise, or you're taking. I think it can even be like um, my flex this week was to put in, you know. It was kind of a risky move to put in a particular player on my fantasy, and the youths can. So, judge would you Daniels say that definitions? Well, your your flex was to do this thing you're doing right now. Sure, why not? Uh, no cap. Salty. No, salty. That's that one's easy. Uh, ship. What does that mean? Ship. 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 It's like you support something, specifically a relationship. Yes, specifically a relationship. I ship them. Mm-hmm. I want mm. to see them together in a relationship. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, spilling tea or sipping that? tea? <laughs> spilling tea? Sipping tea? Do you gossip. Know? Just yeah, gossip tea. and understanding gossip. <laughs> and then dead. D-E-D. Dead. D-E-D. Nope. You know that one? No. <laughs> What's <laughs> it mean? Of course I don't. That one's like you find something so outrageous or funny, like that you can't even. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, it's but it's true. Dead. Like, dead. I'm dead. You forgot slay. Oh, oh what is slay? That's the one that I hear the most. What does slay mean? Kind of like bet. Like this. Kind of like you did something yeah, you're really not, good. Not good. You're not it's really a slay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know that one. But why is that one also with the snapping of the fingers? Like, is everything just, just with the snapping like of the fingers? Because I just feel like that's the you know attitude that goes with it. I don't it. feel like <laughs> all of these. She's such a slay. She's such a slay. So it can be a noun. Can't see what you're doing. She's Daniel. such a slay. All right. <laughs> yeah. She's we such just a blew like eight minutes of this podcast. We need to get on track. Hey, that means she's awesome. Yes. This week we are talking not about things that are. Culturally no conditioned. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. But things that are timeless. Yes. I, I'm gonna start. I'm just, you ruined you this ruined you ruined like the next five podcasts because I'm just gonna try to interject all these words wrongly whenever I can. Or into his sermons. <laughs> That's right. Just to attract no the cap. teens. 
<laughs> Jesus is coming back. No cap. Bet. Slay. Daniel's dead. Daniel's dead. We're all we're transitioning. <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> no cap. Okay. This episode today and the next several episodes are going to be about our church's statement of faith. Not the elder affirmation. The congregational the affirmation. Congregational of faith. affirmation. Someone of faith. needs to so speak that isn't at, having a laughing attack right now. <laughs> we're gonna have multiple articles that we're looking at each time. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> I can't even think of a transition. I'm not even gonna try to transition. That's what we're doing. We're looking at the congregational affirmation of faith for the next several podcasts. Why do we have a congregational affirmation of faith? Why do we even talk about this on the podcast as opposed to like not? It was Stacy's idea. <laughs> the congregational affirmation of faith was Stacy's wow, idea. Thank you so to talk much. about oh, on okay. the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cap. So not true. <laughs> it is. It is. She didn't write the statement of faith. No, like, it's her no. idea to talk about it on the podcast. Yes. You right. said, why are we talking about it? Yeah. Why are we talking about this, Stacey? Why do you think it's a good idea? I thought it would be good to talk about it and just expound on it. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. We might just need to call it quits on I don't this know. episode. No, no, no. You We're know, I just thought that time. for members that have been here a long time, there's a lot of new people, we could just remind ourselves what is the congregational yeah. affirmation of faith. Oh, that's great. Why we, do we have it? Why is the elder affirmation of faith different? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Longer. Yep. Um, maybe we just want to go through like the first one today since we're already going a little long, but it might be worthwhile. Throwing that out I'm there. seeing people vigorously shake their heads. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so why do we well, have one that's different than the elder affirmation of faith? That is a really good question. That's not the way that most churches do it. We've talked about this a couple of times. Uh, I think mm-hmm. we did a podcast on the the Elder Affirmation of Faith um, a while ago. But well, we've made the decision uh, downstream from Bethlehem to have a broader document that, uh, well, I, I wouldn't call it broader. I actually call it narrower, longer document, more tightly held that the elders all agree to, that is public, and then uh, have a congregational affirmation of faith that we all agree to together that is Broader. So we're talking it's, about like first tier, second tier, and third tier issues, right? Yeah, that's Theological correct. triage. Yep. So the congregational affirmation of faith is first and second tier. Right. Um, you know, it's what binds us together as a church. And the elder affirmation of faith runs from first tier through third tier. Yep. And where it differs from the congregational affirmation of faith is mainly in third tier. Third tier issues. Type issues. Mm-hmm. Or it's much, it's more specific about some things in the first and second tier mm-hmm. um, in relationship to all sorts of things. So why why should Christians believe things, Nick? What? Why should why Christians, should Christians, why should Christians believe, believe things? Um, because everybody believes things and you should believe true things about God. I don't, that's a weird question. As opposed to like, sus. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to like, just do things, Right. So sometimes I hear, uh, you know, I, I have friends and I've talked with, uh, you know, loads of Christians over the years. You know, what you believe is not as important as what you do. 
what you believe about God is not as important as the fact that you love God or that you love your neighbor, you know, which is our, you know, that's our mission statement is wrapped up in the great commission. So why have beliefs that are central to what holds us together as a church, as opposed to just a, a mission statement? You know, if we turn to your average evangelical church. Because there are things that the Bible says you need to believe in order to have confidence that your faith is real. What are some of those things? Well, for example, the Trinity. <laughs> right? You need to believe that Jesus is God. You know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. We're going to get there. Yep. No. I'm just looking at the Elder Affirmation yeah. of Faith, and that's that's an example that pops right off the page. Yeah. Good. Good. Talk to me a little bit about that uh, potential tension or dichotomy. When somebody says, like, what you believe is not as important as what you do, like, how would you want to nuance that or respond to them? Um, is would, it just as simple as what you said, Nick, or is there? Well, I mean, even in the Great Commission, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So it, it assumes your mind is engaged. Do you um, say in the Great Commission it says that? Uh, the the great, Greatest Commandment. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. Greatest Commandment, yeah. And I think, I mean, it, it's like if I say um, in a meaningful way, I love anything. Right. I need to know about it. I need to know what's true about it. Otherwise, I'm not really loving the thing I say I'm loving. I'm loving something else. Yeah. That's and true. so if God has said that he wants to reveal himself to us, then all the more with God than any other human being or person, he's got the authoritative last word. And yep. so we want to love him on his own yep. terms. Yep. Otherwise, we'll be prone to make our own version of him. Right. And then we're not really loving God. And I would just say if we don't know who he is and what he's called us to, then what we do or how much we love him could be right or wrong. Yeah. And yeah. therefore unhelpful. And I would I would add to that everybody, not just Christians, but everybody, the things that they do is informed by what they believe. Of course. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's of good. Course, yeah. yeah. I mean I could either love my wife or love basically uh my idea of my wife. Right. Like what I hope she's actually like or but that's not a real person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we have to uh if we're in a relationship with the God of the universe and he has revealed himself. It's the first article we're going to talk about, the word of God. Yep. Like we have to love in kind with what he's revealed as opposed to shaping it into our own image, which right. is why, you know, the word of God is so central. So congregational affirmation of faith, where did this congregational affirmation of faith come from? Is this just something that we, you know, threw into a, a blender sometime in the last 12 months before we came to our own church, hit the pulse button and out this came? Is that would have uh, it. No. What, what's the word? Cap. Cap. <laughs> <laughs> Stop capping, Daniel. Um, no, okay. This is kind this of has an, been, an, So we've had uh, something very similar to this as our congregational affirmation of faith as when we were Bethlehem for a long time. And that, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, you know the history better than I do, but largely is a very historic Baptist congregational affirmation of faith. Right. Yeah. So um, the Baptist General Conference, the precursor of Converge, uh, utilizes this statement of faith in a lot of different things. And where I've traced it to is the New Hampshire, but some of the language, New Hampshire Baptist Confession of 1644 mm -hmm. is much longer, 
but the actual language seems to be cold mainly from taken mainly from yep from that document and then when we became cell cities we largely left it unchanged we make made a few changes the most significant was we added an article on mankind and the nature of marriage yeah, yeah. Um, cleaned up some other things mm-hmm. clarified some things so uh does everybody have the document there in front of them yes so somebody go ahead and read our uh, our first article about the word of god uh, we believe that the Bible is the word of God, fully inspired and without error in the original manuscripts, written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and that it has supreme authority in all matters of faith and conduct. So let's pick that apart. We believe the Bible is the word of God, not merely contains the word of God, but is the word of God. Mm-hmm. How, what, how are those two things different? The Bible contains the word of God, Versus the Bible is the word of God. How would you differentiate those two statements? Um, what, what do you... So some people, if you were to... Uh, and I could find a church really easy. I know a couple where their statement of faith says, we believe the Bible contains the word of God. Sure. Like that there is almost a subset of the scriptures mm-hmm. that we should hold dear but we're not saying that there's a subset of the right, right, right. I got you. I got you. We're saying, yeah, all of it is yeah. the word of God. So we believe in the dual authorship of scripture, yeah, which means that all of it was written by human authors, but in such a way where God uh, inspires. So this is like we're talking about the inspiration of scripture, basically, where God inspired the human authors in such a way where every word is their words and every word is God's word. So, uh. You can say Paul wrote this and God wrote this. Yeah, yeah, and be completely and completely accurate. accurate. Yep. yep. For those that would maybe uh, sometimes the phrase gets thrown around like do a canon within the canon, like Jesus's words, the mm-hmm. red letter. You know, did Jesus ever say anything about mm-hmm. this issue or this issue? No. Well, I want to stay closest to Jesus's words, or you know, the Old Testament was just yeah, you know, there and then for a particular time, particular people, primitive people, and we have a greater revelation later. How do you respond to people that talk that way, or that's kind of their viewpoint on the scriptures? Uh, I don't want to be the only one answering, but Dave, Stacy, when people interact with you and are like, "Yeah, I don't," they don't hold as um, accurate or as uh, dear, you know, all of scripture equally, but rather like there's uh, kind of hierarchies of scripture, some that's better, some that's, uh, you know, less accurate or maybe less precious. Like, how do you respond to them? What do you say? I mean, there's a few different ways to respond. One way would be that within scripture itself, like the New Testament refers to the Old Testament as scripture. Yeah. And so we ought to take that really seriously. So the so if we want to take God at his word, how he's revealed himself, then we need to take that document that he's revealed himself in right. the way it wants to be taken. Right. So there's like an, a scripture, a scriptural way that we'd want to understand it. There's um, just a, a logical way then to understand it, to say if the inspiration of scripture that you just talked about is true, so all these different authors, but God also as the dual author superintending it, um, then yes, there are different letters and genres and, and all these different things going on, but it's one story yeah. about um, 
who God is, what he's done in his story of redemption. Yep. And we, you know, we've, we see it and we see through progressive revelation, that story unfold in ways that help us know and worship God uh, better than if they weren't there. Right. Um, and so, th- I, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's scriptural places I'd go. There's logical places I'd go. Um, and then I would also just say, you know, uh, yeah, w- one God, uh, the Holy Spirit carrying along these writers is not going to contradict or dumb down, you know, any part of what he says to us and therefore it would all be taken yeah. seriously. Yeah. What do you think it means for Christian living then that the Bible is the word of God that we have, you know, as we take it, the canon 66 books, 40 ish authors, and it is God's words. Yeah. What does that what does that mean for us as Christians? I think it means that all of it is profitable, like it says in Second mm-hmm. Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is breathed up by God and profitable for teaching, correction, rebuke, training in righteousness. Yep. All of it. Yep. Not just the parts that you like the most, <laughs> yep. not just the New Testament, but all of it. Yeah. It, it's also I think the truth that we get from God's word is the lens through which we interpret everything else that we encounter in the world, because mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, the Bible doesn't speak about certain things. It doesn't speak about smartphones or, you know, other, lots of other things specifically, but it is the lens through which we view things. And like the story, God's story of redemption is how we should yeah. view things yeah. even that are happening now. Right. Right. It is the, uh, I can't remember the Latin phrase, but it means like the norming norm. It is the thing by which we don't just like bend reality towards, but it has such a um, an impact on reality because it shows reality and everything bends towards it. That's right. Like it's yeah. like everything that we see actually uh, is in line with God's word, uh, even if we don't talk about it that way. It's almost like, a, oh, here we go. It's almost an apocalyptic understanding the Bible reveals the world as it actually is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and whatever we see out in the world actually doesn't modify the Bible right it, we can get clarity from things that we understand in the world about the scriptures but it's not like we get to contradict it or modify it so when the, in the next uh, clause it says fully inspired and without error in the original manuscripts what do we mean there what does it mean that it's fully inspired what's what's that? Yeah, it just means that we think that God wrote every word. Yeah, yeah. You know? Verbal, yeah. plenary right. inspiration. Right. Every word inspired right. by God. Not the ideas. Right. Right? right. Not the words. To, yeah, not the yeah. concepts, yep. but the words themselves inspired. And therefore, like, you know, we recorded the Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 10. Yeah. You know, recap a little bit ago. Um, it gets released either after or before this. I can't remember. I think, I think uh, before this. And we, for us to wrestle over the, the uh, gendering right. of pronouns matters because we believe that God inspired that right? Uh, as right. opposed to just the, the concepts. Why the original manuscripts? Why is that important? What would be the alternative? Um, <clears throat> because uh, there's been many, many copies made um, and we don't actually have the original manuscripts anymore. And so what we have is mostly very, very accurate copies that have made, but they contain scribal errors. 
Yeah. And so we wouldn't want to say, we, you know, that's just reality, but we would want to say that even though there are scribal errors in the, in the copies of the manuscripts that we have, that the original manuscripts were completely without error. Yeah. And I mean, we have on the order of hundreds and thousands yep. of things that give us a high, high, high certainty than 99.8 or 99.9% of yeah. uh, new and old Testament is accurate and whatever is disputable is doesn't, not, doesn't is leave not any major doctrines yeah. up for grabs. I mean, it, it would be fair to say that we have, we can have higher confidence with the manuscripts we have and the accuracy that we have than almost, you know, than, any than, than any document. other, than yeah. any other document we got. Like isn't the closest one, like the Iliad or something like that. And it's something like, like that. They way, talk about the Iliad less, and the Odyssey yeah. and then Caesar's Gallic, Gaelic wars. And the attestation know. for those things is way, way less. Yeah, they've got like, you know, 50 or less extant copies, you know, surviving mm -hmm. copies. So uh, the alternative also is we don't believe that there's any particular translation today that we would hold up as an infallible, perfect word of God. So some right. Baptist churches, uh, especially in the, you know, 1800s on, uh, not really anybody before that at all, but some Baptist churches, uh, you know, would say like the King James Bible is God's fully inspired word. Right. And we would just say, we don't think that that's accurate. There's no English translation that we can say is fully inspired. Their translations, including the, you know, the original King James, uh, the, the committees that came together in, in England uh, in the early 1600s didn't think of themselves as writing inspired no. scripture. They were no. translators and mm -hmm. encouraged people to get multiple translations. The next uh, phrase is written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which is kind of what you're saying. You're like that these are God's actual words, but the Holy Spirit is significant for how that person of the Trinity interacts with the human authors, right? right? So this is God's words themselves, but the Holy Spirit is the one who is working in the actual authors, like Paul, like Peter, like Moses, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, that's text like... Um, First Peter one, like as the Holy Spirit carried them along, mm -hmm. um, that we get that doctrine from that the Spirit is the person who's particularly involved, uh, add extra outside the Trinity. Yeah, Second Peter one twenty to twenty one, knowing oh, this first of all yeah. that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, second Peter one. Second then the last phrase, we can park here for a minute in closing, but just it has supreme authority in all matters of faith and conduct. What does that mean? What does it mean that it has supreme authority? Uh, it means that it has final and yeah. decisive authority. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean that there isn't any authority outside of scripture. Mm -hmm. um, it just means that it's the final one. Right. It's the norming norm, mm -hmm. including about all creeds and confessions. Yep, exactly. And all historic church documents yep. and anything else that we might see as authoritative. Mm -hmm. The word of God, it like exposes those things and we can say we want to always be conforming, you might say reforming, to the word of God and whatever those, including this document that we're right. going through that we believe expresses. Right. 
Um, but it's it's important to say that we don't believe that there's no authority outside the Bible. Right. Because some people would maybe charge us with that mm. as evangelicals. Yeah. And we would want to say, no, like the historic creeds and confessions, like, there is a real authority yeah. that Christian tradition has. Yeah. But only so far as, you know, the word of God grants it. Yeah, yeah. As, as it conforms to the word and that's the supreme and final authority. Yeah. Yeah. It's the authority above all other authorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not sola scriptura does not mean scripture alone has its only authority. Sola scriptura means scripture is the highest of all possible authorities, including mm-hmm. um, reinterpreting and, if necessary, uh, you know, contradicting mm-hmm. tradition. Right. Uh, like the traditions of men or any creed or confession we might have. Yep. So. The word of God. No cap. Yep. <laughs> Next time gonna... we'll talk about the Trinity and God the Father. Uh, we'll get to two, actually. And then for the next several times, we'll be talking about these, taking two at a time. Uh, I'm looking forward to being with you all. <laughs> <laughs>